Thank you for listening to Ingram Law. As always, we appreciate you being a guest. Um, our website is joeingramlaw.com. Again, joeingramlaw.com. Our phone number is 205-335-2640. As always, we do take your questions off the air and we will get back to you. Um, if you are a casual listener to this podcast, I apologize for not being here last week. Um, have been covered up at work and um, just haven't had the time to sit down and do a podcast. But um, as this time of year rolls around, it's tax season. It's also divorce season, as we discussed <laughs> during the holidays. Um, doing a lot of divorce agreements right now, settling some cases. And um, over 20 years of practice and, and doing divorce work, uh, there's there's some issues that I see that people make, make, make mistakes, and I try to help them before they do that. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, divorce agreements and some issues you need to look at before you sign a divorce agreement because that becomes final. That becomes a judgment. Um, so that's, that's, that's our conversation for tonight. Um, so these are the mistakes to avoid when making a divorce settlement. Most couples who are ending their marriage at some point will reach a divorce settlement agreement. That is a good thing for a number of reasons. First of all, your case will not go to trial, which will save you and your spouse both money and legal fees. Second of all, you control the outcome as opposed to a, a judge that hears the case that may not rule necessarily in your favor on a position. So that gives you, you know, some control and power over your case. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I see from, from people that are getting divorced that come to see me, they do not have a complete picture of their finances or their spouse's finances um, before they're ready to file for divorce. And I always tell clients to gather together, depending on the length of marriage, um, you know, maybe two to five years of tax returns, um, 30 days of pay stubs, um, see what kind of money's going in the checking account every month based on your budget, uh, financial records related to retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, things of that nature, uh, credit card statements, and maybe even a credit report may be necessary in some cases so that we have a full understanding of the finances of the parties before we start drafting a divorce agreement and separating money. Um, some clients that I counsel underestimate their post-divorce expenses. What is it going to cost for you to live by yourself? Obviously, it is cheaper for two to live together than one. What I mean by that is you're going to split households. You're still going to have utilities unless you uh, 
live with someone else and, and split utilities. So you're going to have all the utilities, power, water, cable, internet, uh, cell phone. So sit down and make a realistic budget to see what it's going to cost for you to live uh, after you get a divorce. The biggest fight I see in divorce cases outside of custody, which there is no harder fight than a child custody case. You cannot divide a child. Somebody has to win. Somebody has to lose. And I will tell you this, after doing divorce work for 20 years, nobody wins in a divorce case. There are no winners. Believe me. It is hard. It is traumatic. It is emotional. But the next biggest fight is fighting over the family home. I have witnessed over the years countless couples fight over the marital residence. And I understand the emotional attachment to it. Um, but you need to understand whether or not you can afford to maintain that asset separately besides the house payment. Um, it comes with utilities, the upkeep and maintenance, yard work, painting, um, gutters, roofs. So those are things to keep in mind before you try to decide if you're going to keep the marital home. Now, obviously, if you're getting a divorce, oftentimes you are downsizing. It may be a good time to take your money, the equity in the home, off the table and sell that asset. Um, but that's the biggest fight I see in divorces is who's going to get the marital home. And I understand there's an emotional attachment. You've put blood, sweat, tears, equity in this house. I get it. But you need to decide if you can really afford to keep the house. Um, this rarely happens in divorce cases, except where one spouse owns a business and they maintain a lot of separate accounts for their business, they may have hidden assets, money assets that we need to know about. Um, This falls in the definition of, say, your husband owns a heating and cooling company, or your husband is a doctor in a group with uh, five other physicians, or your spouse is a an engineer and a group of engineers, and they're in a partnership. We need to know what the value of their partnership interest is before we start discussing a divorce agreement. So those are, those are some serious issues that we need to talk about. Sometimes we need to bring in a CPA or a financial advisor to help us find out what the true picture snapshot is of their financial well-being. Another red flag I will see before getting ready to make a divorce agreement is not preparing for debt problems that maybe you and your spouse have accumulated. The two of you may have 
accumulated uh, a, an American Express card with a ten thousand uh, dollar balance on it. And let's just say, for general purposes tonight, you and your spouse are both being exceptionally good sports, and you say, "Okay, we'll split the ten thousand each." 5000 for me, 5000 for you. That is all great and wonderful that we put on the divorce agreement. However, let's say your spouse doesn't pay back the $5,000 to American Express. You are still responsible for the entire balance. What? Yes. You have an agreement a sort of contract promissory note with American Express for the balance. They don't care that you're getting a divorce. They just want their money. Now, can you take your spouse to court and ask that they be held in contempt of court for not paying their balance? Yes, we do those every day. It's called a petition for rule NASA to hold them in contempt of court. But in the meantime, you owe American Express this money, the $5,000. So we always uh, are have candid discussions with our clients about credit card and debt balances when we sign divorce agreements. Um, another big issue to consider is some tax consequences of a divorce. Now, the biggest one that stands out is child support. Child support is not a tax deduction to whomever is paying it, and it is not a uh, tax credit to the person receiving child support. It is a wash to raise children. The other big issue I see is when one party is paying the other party um, alimony, periodic alimony. Now, If you're the husband or ex-husband, you're paying your ex-wife, let's say $1,000 a month alimony, that is tax deductible to you on your taxes. On the other side of the coin, the $1,000 that you pay your ex-wife, she has to pick it up as income to her on her tax return. Now, the the only other thing I will say about tax issues, and and I won't really get into this tonight, um, because we would bring in a tax lawyer or a financial advisor uh, or even a CPA. If there is money that is transferred as a property settlement that may have a future capital gain attached to it to the person receiving it, That's something you would need to talk to your CPA, your financial advisor, or a tax attorney about that. And we do that every day. The only other issue I want to talk about under tax and money is, say, your husband has $500,000 in his 401k plan, and you are awarded or you agree in the divorce agreement that he's going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars from his retirement account. 
That is done by Quadro, Qualified Domestic Relations Order. And it's just a special document that the judge signs off on that gives the company that he works for or partnership or wherever he works the power to transfer the money to you um, for the divorce settlement. And it's called a Quadro, Qualified Domestic Relations Order. Last issue tonight under divorce agreements that I see often, um, people tend to forget about life insurance. Now, life insurance can be a, a backstop, if you will, for child support. What do you mean by that, Joe? Well, let's say the husband pays $1,500 a month child support. And he carries a $500,000 life insurance policy. You would want him to name you, the ex-wife, or the children as the beneficiary of that life insurance policy in case something were to happen to him. And the roles reversed as well for the ex-wife. Um, so those are always issues we need to talk about is who's going to pick up the, the policy the life insurance policy premiums and pay those. So that's just a couple issues um, that I see in divorce agreements when I meet with clients um, that sometimes they think about, sometimes they don't think about. It's an emotional time for them. Um, I understand it and we're there to give them good sound advice. And um, so we always appreciate you listening in. Our website is joeingramlaw.com. Our phone number is 205-335-2640. If we can help you, please reach out to us and we will help you. And as we always say, have a good night. Take care of yourself and each other. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers.